A really warm welcome to Rachel Talibat, who is best known for her seascapes and coastal imagery. So I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. It's really lovely to meet you anyway, Rachel, finally. It's absolutely lovely to be here. We've come close to meeting. We've been on the same beach, but not actually close enough to say hello. <laughs> it was really quite funny, that wasn't it? Because oh, yes. um, I was lit- I must have been literally like a three minute walk away from you, but I didn't know. I didn't know you were there. <laughs> no, I was right at the other end. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I couldn't possibly have seen you because we were too far away. I think it was the um, it was a video that Mark Littlejohn put out, wasn't it? Then, then I realised I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I was in that that yeah. awful awful storm as well. But I think I was probably like I was gathering. I had a few people with me, so I was gathering yes. them or hushing them back to the car okay. quickly. You were standing there in it. Well, I, I, there was nowhere I was going to get out of it. <laughs> I was too far from anywhere, so I just had to stand my ground and hope for the best. <laughs> And it was funny, isn't it? Because that, that 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 week there was so many photographers there, and um, it was quite funny. A few people have mentioned that to me, and they said, "How annoying is that that there was so many so many photographers in Harris at the same time?" I was like, "Well, actually, it's quite nice, isn't it?" I got to meet um, Adrian Beasley, and we had a chat, and um, I didn't meet you, but <laughs> but um, the, you know everybody else. It was just it's really nice to have. I think that's a nice thing. Do you? Do you agree with I me think there? so. Yeah. I think it's probably frustrating when the beaches are crowded, but of course there's so much space there. And I always tend to walk as far as I can get from the car park anyway. So, I'm, I mean, I, I definitely had um, a big chunk of Scarster Beach to myself several days in a row. So it was good. Yeah, it was February. So yeah. <laughs> you're going to, aren't you, I suppose? Yes. <laughs> um, so do you often go to Harris in the, in the winter? Every February. <laughs> Do you? you? Yes. (laughs) It's a great time to go, though, isn't it? The winter's just beautiful. It is, but the word's out now, isn't it? So we maybe should stop telling people how lovely it is in that month. I know. I I do wonder about that. I know I'm running workshops all February, um, March this year, um, but I'm going over next week or the week after, but I I shoot weddings over there. So very different experience in August, I have to say. Oh, I should imagine. Yes. Goodness me. Do you get midges? Um, rarely because of the wind. So, right. Um, but but if it's still there, yes, there are there are right. certainly midges in in Harris. But it's more um, the amount of people that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so how do how do you deal with that then? Um, I don't really shoot shoot um, uh, what I would call my own photography work, you know. So I I do other things. Um, so obviously I'm over usually shooting um, weddings and, and whatnot, mm. um, but I will go for doing things like um, yeah, being in the water with, with my cameras, which is what I'm doing just mm. now, where you get this, it's, it's great if it's sunnier and calmer. So um, just switching what I do. But but before I was doing that, I wouldn't even bother photographing. Mm. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you, um, are you waiting for those wilder conditions in the winter as well? Um, yeah, I do like them. They're very nice. Um, but I, I, I like people, but when I'm doing photography, I prefer to be alone. Um, so I'm even thinking about going somewhere else in February next year because it was very crowded. So um, we'll see. I've never seen it that busy before in that, in that week that we always go. Yeah, no, I, it was fairly busy. Wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, you're so busy and um, sometimes I say, I say to, to people, it's really busy on this beach, there's like 10 people, <laughs> but, but it's all, 
it's all um you know it's it's what you're used to isn't it and but the, the other islands there's plenty other islands you know as well um so you know you could you could explore new places maybe yes absolutely I think the, the time might be right for that it might it might be actually yes yeah I, I totally understand that um and I think that it, that idea of shooting alone is um is quite important to you is it it is um I'm I'm very friendly with someone who you've interviewed already, Jennifer Bunnett. Yes. So Jen and I, in fact, we're going out tomorrow with our cameras. Um, First time in ages because of various things that life throws at you. And um, so we enjoy sharing a car, carpooling, and we enjoy having someone to have coffee with and cake. But um, when it comes to actually doing the photography, we we get down on the beach wherever we've gone and we just go, psh, we split. One goes north and one goes south. Or in my case, right here um, on the south coast is east or west. And we usually stand as far away from each other as we possibly can. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I remember her saying that, actually. She's she's so lovely, isn't she? And her work is just, just gorgeous. Um, so, but it's so nice to have that companionship, isn't it? So we talk, we're talking about companionship in a yeah. solitary, something that's very solitary. Yes. Um, but, but that's the point. And you've, 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 you demonstrate that really well. Actually, you've got that lovely relationship that, um, we need people around, around us as well. And we need that sort of community, don't we? Absolutely right. Yeah. It's nice to have a balance of both in life. I think your alone time and your people time. Yeah, and I suppose the people time um, is really valuable when they're like-minded people. So, um, you know, obviously you you and Jennifer are like-minded and probably I am as well, actually, because I, I, I would feel the same about shooting together yes. with somebody. Um, so when you're around people that love the same sort of thing, then it's good. But but it wouldn't be the same if you were just what, spending time with people who didn't weren't on the same page as you, or didn't have the same interests. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the things that I've learned is that, and Jen's the same, I, I tend to put everything after um, the photography. So, you know, I'll keep going long, long after it's really cold. I'm really hungry. I need other things that I won't go into on this podcast um, and just lose, lose myself in it. And Jen's exactly the same. And I think it would be really hard if one of us was sort of texting the other saying, I'm at the car, you know, <laughs> as if you know, it's time to go. But we, we actually almost always, if we're on the same beach, providing we can see each other, um, we seem to look up at the same moment. We seem to know when the light is no longer worth worth it. Um, I guess most photographers would look up at the same moment because we're so in tune with the light. Yeah, I, that's that's really nice to found that though, isn't it? I don't think I found that actually. I, I shoot alone mostly, mm. uh, or probably because I travel alone in my van, and nobody would really want to join me in the van experience. I don't think. <laughs> Um, so I don't really have that I probably miss that a little bit actually but then there's so much other community going on in my life that it's 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 fine it's fine isn't it so so where else do you find that community um well I find it with my workshop clients yeah so many of them are now you know we're on well I hope I'm on good terms with all of them but the ones who come regularly to my workshops you know you end up getting to know them don't you and and um, becoming very um, 
interested in their own creative development and successes and everything. So that's really nice. And Jen and I also formed um, a little collective many years ago called Parhelion. And um, there are eight of us, well, sort of nine, but unfortunately the ninth person has, has some serious health issues that have stopped him from participating. And um, that's nice. You know, we, we have a WhatsApp thread and every now and then we have a Zoom meeting and we're actually getting together in August, I think, for lunch, most of us. Um, so that's, that's lovely, actually. That's a lovely idea, actually. I, I, I was aware of it. I wasn't quite sure what, what sort of form it took, but I think it's a really nice, really nice idea. We all need that support, don't we? And, and, Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And we've done we've done a joint exhibition and yeah. we're planning other things. Um, and the, the key thing for me and Jen when we sort of started it was that it's not anybody's group. We may have started it, but we're all equals. There are no leaders. And I know some people have said to me, well, you'll never get anything done then. You need a leader. But actually, it seems to work. It's really good. It's really nice to hear, actually. And I think that I think that's what I get from you. And I've listened to a couple of other podcasts and um, for, that you've been interviewed on. And I, what, what I'm what I'm getting is that there's a sort of a, a friendliness, and um, I suppose there's, that landscape photography can be like um, have a, a bit of an edge of um, competitiveness or, or, or whatever. Um, but I don't feel that from you at all, and that's really nice because we we need that. We really yeah. need that more. I don't, I don't like competing with um, other professionals and I would always celebrate their successes. I, I think it's a shame that in some circles people see another photographer's success as somehow a reduction of their own, whereas it, that's not the case, actually. Um, so, yes, it's, it's really nice not to get into that mindset. I think that would be sad if you lived in that way because you'd be constantly feeling set back, wouldn't you? Yeah, and um, it's it's really good to hear you speak about that, actually, because I think that is it's usually a problem with the person themselves, isn't it, who's, who's feeling that, they're feeling like some, yeah. everybody else is doing better or, um, you know, doing better work or there's, there's um, you're looking at somebody else thinking, oh, they're always doing this and they've oh. got so much time or they've got this and that. Um, and to break that down and to have a look at why that's happening, it, it's quite, it's quite an interesting thing, isn't it? Because um, you don't always, you don't know, do you? I look at you, and I see that you're obviously really busy. You you know you're running workshops and you're on social media. One thing I noticed um, that you always reply to on your comments, and I'm thinking, <laughs> how do you do? How do you do that? <laughs> well, it's got it's got a lot easier since February because the algorithm now hates me. So no one no one sees my work and there are far fewer comments. <laughs> I think it's I mean I think it's great and I think it's very admirable. I just I don't I don't know. So I was, when we we this whole social media thing isn't it? It's like how do you find the time which is obviously more efficient than me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just algorithm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I um, yes, as I say, it has got a lot easier now since the algorithm no longer no longer lets people see my work. Um, so at least that saved me some time. Yes, there's, always, there's always a silver lining, right? There we go. <laughs> it, it does. Um, it does lead me to one of the, the, the bigger questions, what you were saying earlier. Um, one of the questions that I've got here is I'm always trying to find out what 
um, what people's why is behind their work. So you've probably had this question before, you've probably thought or you thought about it. So um, what I was really interested in is because I can I can see you're busy, you know, you're working, you must be working really hard. Um, you've got the workshops going on, you've got, you've always seems to be exhibiting and, and creating books and being on social media. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a busy life, isn't it? So um, but why, why, why are you doing it? And obviously there's two elements to that, isn't there? So we, I suppose we start with the the teaching side. Um, do you, can you answer that question? I know it's quite a tricky one. No, I, I, I can. So um, yes, yeah, starting with the teaching side, the why is quite easy and that I've always, in fact, when I was a child, that was the only thing I wanted to be was a teacher. And, and my mother was a teacher, I guess, and I really loved her. So I admired her and wanted to be like her. Um, but then when I was sort of doing A-levels, people said to me a terrible thing. They said, well, you're, you're too clever to be a teacher. You're going to get A's. You should go to university and do something more um, highbrow. And I think that's awful advice because actually we want clever teachers and teaching is one of the most admirable professions I can imagine. And there are a lot of very clever teachers, of course. But you know what? When you're when you're that age, you're very um, susceptible to uh, persuasion. So I and also I was a real little feminist in those days. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. I still am. But I was a, a feminist in a way only a teenager can be, which is very passionate. So. I picked another profession, which was the one that my dad was doing, which was law. And um, one of the reasons I picked that was because when I went for my careers interview at school, they never suggested that to me. So I thought, right. So bloody minded, I think. Um, And I did that for years. But towards the end of those years, I moved sideways into training other lawyers. And my job fulfillment went up enormously. Um, So I realized that actually I much preferred teaching than I did practicing law. So roll on the clock about 15 more years when I'd I'd left the legal profession, I'd gone back to university, and then I decided to become a full-time professional photographer. Leading workshops was a no-brainer because it meant that I could get back to teaching and I do get really, really invested in my clients' success. And some clients who've been with me from where I first started running workshops at the end of 2014. So they've been with me for seven years. And I've seen them go from being so nervous at the start of a workshop, having to sort of be seen making photos that their hands were shaking, to producing really powerful pictures that express something very deeply felt in themselves and that sense of fulfillment that they have from being creative is is so empowering and I I feel really chuffed that I've been a very small part in that journey for them so it's utterly fulfilling for me as well. Well, that's 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 great. I am glad I asked you that question because that's such a lovely answer and I suppose that ties in with that lack of um competitiveness I don't know, there must be another word for it than that um, but, but when you when we uh, are teaching from a place of genuinely wanting somebody else to um do well or feel better whatever it is that's that's where that's that's coming from the right place isn't it and that means that your yeah. work you work at that and you work hard because um workshops are 
the, the hard work, aren't they? The, the, the very, um, you know, when you put a lot into them, which you clearly do. I do. I don't make photos when I'm leading workshops. And uh, for the day workshops in particular, you know, I've, I've got four clients and they've only got me for a day. And I don't think I could possibly do right by them if I were also trying to make my own photos. And um, at the end of the day, I get home because I've got an hour and a half drive each way at the beginning and the end. I get home and I'm absolutely exhausted, but in in a really nice way. So <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, it's um, it is exhausting, isn't it? But it, as you say, it's uplifting as well when you know that people have taken something away and when you when they you know there's one lady that um she's actually in my membership group and she she came to Harris with me and she greeted with me I walked into the room she said you changed my life and I was oh, like, really that's, that that's, that's so nice that's yeah. everything absolutely if you're yeah. doing that for clients then you're doing a brilliant job well done yeah and it's and it's all you need isn't it oh. to, to keep you to keep you going and to keep teaching and going oh this this is right this is what this is what my purpose is. This is what I want to be doing. Whether that format changes, I suppose, a little bit as we go. Mm. I, I'm not sure. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, do you, you do longer workshops as well, so you do overseas, don't you? I do. I'm not doing long haul anymore because of climate change. Um, so I've, I'm becoming the Iceland and Portugal person for for ocean capture. Port, uh, they're two places that I I love very much and know very well. Um, but I bunch all the Iceland workshops together. So I only have one flight for me. Obviously, the clients are flying too. So it's something I'm worried about, but it is my living. Um, and I do enjoy them. So they're a week long sometimes, six days or seven days. I'm doing three back to back in September. Um, but they're really nice too, because, and I know you do them as well, um, longer ones, because then even within the space of the, the workshop you can see progress and that's wonderful isn't it yeah it's when you see a transformation it's just absolutely incredible isn't it yeah um i tend to uh, all my my well all my workshops are in in scotland um so i'm, I'm sort of staying very close to home so i i'm, yeah. I'm intrigued by the idea uh, and i'm still thinking this one through maybe you can help me with it, it it's something that i'm always thinking about is um should i should I? No. Um, will I go further um, to different coastlines? How far will I go? Um, Scotland's my passion. I, I love Scotland. I, at the moment, my view is that um, I don't really want to leave Scotland because there's so, so much coast here. There's so many islands. There's so much opportunity. Mm. And for me, I feel connected to it. So it's these connections. But I don't know. I don't know whether if I went to Iceland or to Portugal, beautiful ways in, in, in both places, um, would I find those connections if I kept going long enough? You might. Um, but I think you've, have you done workshops in Cornwall? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. As actually something very similar in, to the light isn't there in Cornwall as yeah. there is in Scotland. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's why. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, a, it's your choice really. But yes, if you kept going to somewhere new, of course you would find your own special way in but maybe there's something also rather lovely about you being the Scotland specialist <laughs> yeah I just I don't really want it it's like I, I feel like that generally in my life I don't really want to go abroad um I used to used to oh. used to do travel photography um don't really feel the need for photography to go to go abroad but uh, you know things you never say never do you and, and um I just I just find it quite interesting um mm. 
those ideas of shooting close to home or, or, you know, traveling for your work. Um, So, yeah. Well, Well, I think, yes. I mean, for me, I think it has to be, I need to run a workshop somewhere I know really well that I have been doing my own photography at many times. So um, Portugal is somewhere that my husband and I love um, and have spent a lot of time. And Iceland, I've been to more times than I can count and done a lot of my own photography there. So um, for me, I think you, I have to, the because we, you said um, your question about the why had two halves, right? Oh, so yes. first of all, the workshops. So <laughs> yeah. we're coming on to the second half now. We which are. Is, <laughs> yes, it, which is the, the portfolio work. Yeah. I think that has to come first. And I think you probably agree. You have to have created work that fulfills you before you can teach others to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. I think you've, you've got to have found your own uh, why and understand yourself and understand your work and be content and at mm. peace with it and all of those things and have mastered it basically and feel quite happy with it. Um, and then you can teach others, I, I think. Yes, I agree with you. And, and I can't imagine any other way to do it, really. Yeah. How would you teach them if you hadn't done that? I don't know. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, exactly. No, I, I think you do. I think you do. I think it's a given, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, so the why behind your um, your personal work? Then, are you just are you just driven to keep to keep shooting? Is it just for um, for me? It is you know, it's isn't. There's nothing massively uh, complex about it. Actually, it's it's just I just love shooting. I love creating that work, and I love being in those places. Me too. I'm missing it because I haven't used my camera since April which is an incredibly long time for me. Um, it's just been a, a variety of reasons. So tomorrow is going to be wonderful. I don't really care what the weather does. I know the tides aren't good, but I just need, I need to get out with the camera. Um, it's, it's important. So um, normally I would do a lot more photography than I've been doing for the last three months. So why have you not been doing so much in the last three months? Um, family commitments mainly. Um, Yes, I've got two grown-up children. My daughter is at university in America. So she come, came home for, this, for two months for May and, and June. And, um, and I just wanted to be with her. I didn't want to disappear off and do other things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I understand that. My, my son is also at university and has come home for the summer. And um, my youngest is still at home preparing to leave, hopefully, in August. Um, I'm not going to say too much because they edit this podcast, <laughs> but life's been busy and um, yeah, it's just kind of like, oh, I just, just um, really want some time with my camera. And actually I find it quite frustrating um, as nice as family life is. It's quite hard, isn't it? To juggle everything. It um, is. Yes, definitely. Do, do you find that then? Um, yeah. Obviously naturally the, the, the work takes a backseat, doesn't it? It sometimes does, yes. Um, yeah, my daughter's gone back to America now. My son is older and, and has his own home in London. So it's in some ways, it's, I've moved to the next stage, which is the empty nest, which I hate. I'd much rather they were still here, um, but they're not. And in th- theory, that gives me more time to do my own photography. But you'll know we've just had, obviously, 18 months of craziness two years of craziness with covid and 
all of the workshops that I had that were no longer able to take place were postponed into what was already a full timetable because my workshops are booking up to 2024. So it's been double workshops for about, well, since lockdown ended, which is quite a long time ago now. Yeah, so yeah. So that's been another reason. But now I'm more or less caught up. So that's good. Hope for a bit more time for my own work now. Yeah, I, I, I got out last week to, well, I had a wedding, so I had an excuse to go. So I went to um, uh, Harris for a wedding and then I got out on a trip to St Kilda. Oh, you, I'm just, jealous. I've never, I've never been. <laughs> <If you're not. laughs> it's, um, yeah, I've been, a, I'm not going to say it, I've, I've been a few times, but that's because I'm on Harris quite a lot. So the opportunities, um, the more you're there, the more opportunity you have. So um, uh, yes, yeah, so St Kilda, I went um, first as uh, on a, an assignment as a travel photographer. I went on this luxury cruise, cruise ship and we sailed in. It was just ridiculous, um, but wow. lovely, very lovely. And then the next next few times I've just been on the old the old rough boat from um, Harris, which is just awful. It's such a long journey, but it was really nice to go. I just had that one day for myself. Um, and I was actually swimming there with with my cameras. So great. I came back feeling totally like myself again, which I'd, I'd really, really missed this this summer of of just doing housework and um, <laughs> looking after the children. <laughs> so talking of children, <laughs> did you did you did you um, how did you find the path into photography? You know, obviously, you've, as a as a parent, life is really busy, isn't it? So. I can only say, you know, again, I'm, I'm looking at you thinking, you must have worked really hard to get where you are. I do work really hard. Actually, Adrian, who you mentioned earlier, Adrian Beasley said a, a thing to me the other day, he said, you, of all the professional photographers I work with, you work the hardest, which I thought was probably a nice thing. <laughs> and you meant it nicely. Um, I, yeah, I have a very uh, well-developed work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always worked hard. In fact, my husband said, you never do anything by halves. If you're going to do it, you do it to the utmost. And I, it's just who I am. So, um, but I was the same with the kids. So being a mum was, I, you know, I was very devoted to that. And photography did take a back seat for a long time. Um, but then when they got to the age where they didn't need me as much, I started to pick it up again. And actually for about three or four years, um, a little known fact, I was completely obsessed with insects. So I just did insect photography because I had a garden. I planted it um, for what for insects. And my kids could be in the house doing their homework or piano practice or whatever. And I could nip outside and make photos. So for about three or four years, I and then indeed I, I then became ever more obsessed with smaller and smaller insects <laughs> until I was photographing these tiny things called springtails which most people don't even know exist because they live almost on the microscopic level and um, just enjoyed it so that was nice it just kept kept me going and developing um, while the children were around and then as they started to be sort of later teens and constantly in the, my daughter's case constantly out I uh, I started going to the coast which is where I really wanted to be yeah I suppose a little bit like um during lockdowns where we 
we didn't have the you don't always have the options do you if so you're not locked down when you're just a parent when you're a parent but you are in a little way aren't you you're limited you know you yeah. can't do what you really want to do so finding contentment in something that sort of replaces that a little bit or keeps you homes your skills a little bit oh. uh, it's a really it's a really um admirable thing to, to to have done to to found something like that to you know in the meantime uh, I found it frustrating when they were little actually <laughs> yeah, not being able to go places I used to take them with me we started traveling over to the islands and when they were I think I've got pictures of them they must have been like two and five or something so we started going over back then and um I would take my mum so and, and get her to stay in when in the evenings with them. I persuade her, sleep, can I go? Can I go? And I'd be like chomping at the bit, going out, going out down to the beach. Um, but yeah, you, you, your time is very constrained by that, isn't it? Just, just does naturally. It's just natural, isn't it? Because you have to to care for them. So, um, yeah. but it's an it's an interesting um, thing that not many people think about. Actually, I suppose other people have constraints with with other things like full time jobs. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I, I know there's uh, not that I particularly want to talk about women in photography because I don't think our gender should be t- terribly relevant. But um, I usually object when the suggestion is made that it's harder for women to do landscape photography because I don't think it is. And so many of my clients, men and women alike, are juggling busy lives with their photography. Um, you know, either family or full-time jobs usually both and I just I'm just in awe of the way they manage that and actually still find time for them for their photography it's it's admirable yeah it's uh, something that I've thought a lot about obviously it's something that I've thought about having the discussion about um, it's obviously a very tricky subject. Um, gender is something that we can't seem to be able to talk about very openly anymore without being um, criticised. So, which I don't know why, because actually, it's just it really is just observation. When I, mm. I when I look at it, it's just I'm just observing. I'm not going to go into it now, but but I I, I agree with you. I see I see men who have um, yeah full time really you know hectic jobs jobs and and children. Uh-huh. And they're doing it. James Kelly is a friend of mine who, who's uh, running a couple of workshops with me now. And uh, yeah, he's 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 got two young kids. Uh, he runs workshops, and he's he's also doing some sort of um, online. Um, no, he's doing a degree actually. So some people just have a lot on, don't they? They do. Well, there is that saying, isn't there? If you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. Yeah. You do more when you're busy, don't you? Yes. I've been, yeah, I've sort of slowed down this summer. I've been like, what, what, why am I not getting through so much? <laughs> uh, but you have to have times like that too, don't you? Otherwise you'll burn out and there's no one, no one benefits from a person burning out. They don't, do they? No, <laughs> definitely not yourself. <laughs> no. <laughs> so how, how do you manage that then? How, are you just hyper aware of that? Or is it something that you? Uh, no, I'm probably very prone to the danger of burning out because I do go hell for leather. I really go for it. And I think, um, you know, there were a couple of times towards the end of that period of catching up with the workshops where I thought this is, if this had to go on any longer, this would be unsustainable. Um, But it didn't, you know, I got through it. Um, Most of the time it was fine. But every now and then you just, you know, I, I'm not I'm not in my 20s or even my 30s or <laughs> even my 40s anymore. Um, and, you know, you have to 
be kind to yourself sometimes and realize that actually you need a rest. So do you just take a period of time off or do you just manage it during the day? It's just something um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, actually, and it was it was a lady telling um, talking about energy and how she manages her energy levels. Um, I struggle with energy levels. Hugely, I might not look like I do, but the amount of things that I do, a lot of people say, you're always doing this and you've got this going on. And I do have a lot going on, but I'm also very tired a lot of times. <laughs> it's just it's just management. Um, you know, I, it really I, I have chronic fatigue. So, you know, I also I'm prone to a lot of these sort of chronic conditions. Um, so it's 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 management of that for me on a daily basis. So even though I might be at work in I, I work five o'clock, six o'clock till nine o'clock. And then it goes downhill from there. And I'll have like a three hour lunch break. Where I'll probably have a sleep and then I'll start again. So I just manage it on a daily basis. And then when I go to a real, into a really bad place, I'll just uh, get in my van and go away for a few days by myself and I feel better. Hmm. Uh, is that, what, how does that look? What's that look like for you? Um, well, I, I'm constantly being told that I have too much energy. <laughs> Um, I think my poor clients, they're quite used to the fact that um, apparently I have a very long stride and I walk very fast. And uh, yes, I, it's just it. And I even talk too fast. So I, I do um, have a lot of energy, uh, right. which is, is nice. I'll probably just one day just keel over. <laughs> I'll have used it all up finally. Um, but uh, no, I, I'm, I'm lucky and I'm really sorry that you have chronic fatigue. Um, I have a friend who, who's had that all her life and I know how hard that is. So amazing that you do what you do, actually. It, it, yeah, it's just it, to me, it's just something that I've, I've always had. So it's like, yeah. And also when I when I run workshops, I, I can find as long as I'm outside and I don't go indoors. <laughs> I can just keep going. So um, so it's, it's very different during those workshop periods. That's probably the only time I just keep working through it and work through it. Um, but on a, on a, when I'm by myself, I'll just do it on a daily sort of basis. But that's that's really, it's really nice to hear that you have all that energy. I'd like some of it and maybe I'll get some tips. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but I think you have the answer to an extent because you're right, you know, spending that time out in nature and by the sea energizes you. Um, I, actually, there's a book, I've forgotten the name of the author, so now I'm ashamed of myself, but it's called The Salt Path. Oh, yeah. You read that? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. Her, her husband, whose name I do remember because he's called Moth, her husband has a really dreadful um, disease and it means that he's very weak and he has no energy. And then they go and do this crazy walk and he improves so much um his he becomes strong and healthy and then when they have to have some time over the winter away from the walking he goes downhill again and then they resume the walking and he comes back up and of course it's not a fictional book it's true so i i think this is part of the problem we face in the world isn't it we've become so disconnected with nature that we no longer realize that we need it we need it to feel strong and energized yeah absolutely I was hoping to interview her actually because that book was just fantastic mm. absolutely fantastic and you're absolutely it. right you're right you know what happened to him it's just like it's just testament isn't it actually just being outdoors and, and yeah for me I, I just know I know that being behind a computer isn't good for me 
Mm. Know that I need to be out, outdoors more. I know that I've got more energy when I'm out walking and swimming and whatnot. So we we do know the answer in, in some ways, you know, I think. Yes, I think that's true. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so, but it's, it's, it's good to hear you've got that energy. So just, just be careful of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're probably likely to go to to allow yourself to over overwork, then, aren't you? Yes, I do. Yes, that explains all those ans- those um, replies to those comments on Instagram that you managed to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I, it's probably silly. I set myself that rule at the start when I had very few followers, and then it got harder and harder and harder. And uh, yeah, I just kept going. It's actually really nice. I find it, I think it's really respectful. When people have, have have taken the time to say something, as long as it's genuine and it's not like, I don't know, follow my NFT account. Oh, they, 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 well, if they were if they mentioned NFTs, they'd get blocked immediately. Block the heck out of them. I have strong views on that. But I mean, those ones that you get now, where you as soon as you've posted a new picture, you get this send pick to, you know, they are deleted. There's no replying to them. They are gone. <laughs> no, as long as you're sensible, isn't it? And you're, you're sensible enough to know this is a real person who's who's taken the time to make a comment. Yes. Um, yeah. I find it hard sometimes to, to, I don't keep up as well as I, I think I should, and uh, I, but I don't because I just don't. Um, so um, it's, uh, but I, I do think it's nice what, you, what you're what you're doing. I think it's really nice, and also that you you know you're applying to people, and you you're a human being, and you're a real person, even though you've got a big following. Um, I think that's really nice. Well, I just think it's so nice of people to to say something nice. So I'm always going to say thank you, just like yeah. you would for in a face to face conversation. If someone said, "Oh, I love your work," you wouldn't just turn away. You'd say thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> I know you wouldn't just ignore them, would you? No, it's, it's a, no. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's um, it, you know, there's a lot going on for you, though, isn't there? There's a lot of there's a lot of um, you've got a following on Instagram, and then you've obviously all the the workshops going. So to to keep up with it all, it's admirable. Do you do you have help in in your business at all? Um, well, Adrian Beasley and I work together. So nice. in fact, he and Clea will be clear Beasley will be here for a week in August they stay with us here in my house and we run classroom workshops so I do quite a lot with Adrian online as well online um, mentoring of small groups and things like that so I really like Adrian I think he's gold and Clea's lovely too so that it's nice sometimes to work with other people Um, you know you can be alone too much I think sometimes with your own thoughts yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I met Clea actually in um, in Harris. Really nice. Yeah, and it's lovely that you're working with others as well. Um, I'd like to do more of that. Actually, I, I just tend to. I don't know why. I've just gone into you did this. work with um, Paul, I think, oh. didn't you? Yes, he's yes. a lovely guy. And and Mark Dobson, did you work with Mark as yeah, well in Cornwall? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I actually now uh, Paul Paul went to work with uh, Ocean Capture. Mm, I know that's think- where I am. Yeah, things change, don't they, for people? And you know, we just we just evolve, don't we? We move on. I actually have now a lady who um, was actually on a work, one of the first workshops with me, Leslie Lintop, and she um, she is now assisting me on my on my workshops. Um, so uh, that's that's really nice. It's really nice to have somebody to to really you know talk talk things through and you know where we're we going now, and what we're doing now. Um, I think that's really important. 
Um, for my Iceland workshops, I have a driver and guide um, for most of them, not all of them, but almost all of them. And I, um, uh, her name's Sola, and she is awesome. Oh. And we're really good friends. I just like her so much. And that's really nice. That's really good. It's taking the pressure off, isn't it? I, I'd, I'd like to see the Iceland coast, actually. You know, that's probably, there's, there was a few places that I'd quite like to see. So, um, but yeah, it's, I've got a new puppy as well. So I don't, I'm, not oh, tra- wow. I'm not traveling anywhere at the moment. No, what, what sort of puppy? Oh, she's a whippet, but um, we've had whippets, you know, we've had many whippets before and we've waited a long time for her. So this summer, because I'm here, um, but, you know, most whippets are slightly calmer in nature, but I think she broke the mold. So she's, <laughs> she's, not, she's something else. Oh, how old is she? She's four months now. So okay. just like, yeah, so I'm yeah. taking her away to Harris next uh, two weeks time in the van. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> could be really amusing that one I'll make a little video about it because um, oh you must oh yeah she's just uh, we've got her so she can travel with me you know so um that's why we got a puppy otherwise we would have just rescued um yeah so <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's my companion <laughs> I think that sounds lovely <laughs> oh that's great oh it's been really, really lovely to chat with you I've got I've got loads of other questions but I think we're I think we've covered some really nice topics there and um uh yeah it's just been it's been really lovely to meet you as well i'm sure we'll meet at some point <laughs> face oh, to I, face. I, I expect so yes no it's been been really nice uh, lovely to meet you virtually thank you so much thanks for listening today i'm truly grateful for you taking the time out to listen in If you feel inspired in any way, I'd really appreciate it if you could share or review the show. You can also share it on Instagram and tag me or reach out with any thoughts. I'm at Margaret Soraya and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.